Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I am being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again I incline my ear to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's our school of prayer again today. Let's just um, read two portions of the scriptures. The book of Matthew chapter 14. Let us start with that. Matthew chapter 14. I'll just jump down to verse 25 because we have read it many times. Or verse 24. He said, The boat was already a long distance from the land. He told them to go to the other side. And the boat was battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. He spoke against their fear. And there is a word of God for your fear all the time. They cried out in fear, but he spoke against the fear. He said, take courage. Don't respond to fear. Receive courage. And listen to me, when God speaks something like that, it's not counsel. It's not advice. It's not simply trying to be courageous. It was receive courage. I don't know what I get my point. You know, this morning I was dropping my son in school. As he was coming down, I had to drop the younger ones in another school. I told him, have a nice day. He said, thank you. I said, my friend, come back. Have a nice day. Say amen. He said, amen. Good. You can go. <laughs> I don't know whether you get my point. I thought it was a greeting. I told him, have a nice day. It wasn't a greeting. You're my son. I'm telling you. I'm giving you something for the day. The boy was coming down and was telling me, thank you. Thank me for what? I said, come back and say amen. I said, have a nice day. He said, amen. I said, good. Now you can go to school. You receive, I pray we understand some of these things. These are not greetings. Stop greeting your children. God gave them, do you understand my point? God gave them to you to bless them. Which one is greeting? Your son is going to say bye-bye. What is bye in the bye? <laughs> tell him, have a safe journey to be well with you. Don't tell your child bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs> tell him, have a safe journey. It will be well with you. He's going to school. Have a good day. It's not, it's not a greeting. It's a prophetic word. I pray we understand these things. God doesn't give advice. Anytime he says something, when he says to that woman, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It wasn't advice. You see, if you do it, they catch you. I may not be around that day. I may not, I may not be there to deliver you. I'm warning you, don't do it again. No, that was not it. What he said is that neither do I condemn you. Now, receive the ability to sin no more. What that woman should say is, Amen. No, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. One day, you know, a friend of mine, he said he was going to go for Holy Communion in the Catholic Church. So I told him that they are going to catch you. He said, no, they won't catch me. I said, okay, when the friend father says, body of Christ, what do you say? Those of you who are Catholics, you know what you are supposed to say. You say when the Reverend Father says, Body of Christ, what do you say? He say, will say, Thank you. 
The Lord is good. Those of you who know, you know that is the most ridiculous thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? For those who don't know, you're supposed to say amen. Alright, yes. Okay, this guy is my guy. Okay, you don't know. You don't have a background there. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. So that woman was supposed to say to the Lord Jesus, Amen. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It's spiritual ability. It's an impartation. When your child is going, stop saying bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. I'll miss you. I'll miss you. miss you too. It's good though. This I'll miss you. When did this start? When I was a child, I can't remember my mother telling me. <laughs> is this, you know, we, what I'm say, we keep on learning these things. So let's learn some new ones. Let's, you know, there's a Christian culture. There's a culture of Christianity. We taught that, was it two years ago here? What name of the series? The Kingdom Life. Yes. The Kingdom Life. In that kingdom life, I tried to explain that there's a culture of Christianity. How we greet is a culture. When the Jewish man tells you shalom, that means peace and prosperity. And that's what Jesus said when you get to a house, say, peace upon this house. If I'm getting to a house for the first time, or if I come to visit, I tend to say that. I, I, if it's my first time there, I hardly ever forget. My first time in your house, as I'm stepping, I'll say, peace be upon this house. That's Christian culture. Not how in a day for here. I'm, I'm <laughs> Look, I'm not supposed to be asking questions. When you get to the house, you declare peace upon the house. It's, there's something that follows you about as a child of God. It's called peace. Jesus said to the disciples, My peace I give to you. To let you know he was not the only one that had it. When he was sending them out, he said, When you get to a house, say to the house, Peace be upon this house. Say if a man of peace is there, if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest there. There is something in your hand, it's called peace. One of my old messages is titled The Peace of God. Go and listen to it. The peace of God. It's a tangible substance. It's something you can give to somebody. Christian parents learn to give it to your children. You give it to them, they are going to school. Say to them. Oh God, my message today, I'll get down to it, but this is so sweet. I'm enjoying this one already. Listen, let's remember, that's what we're supposed to do as believers. God taught Israel, this is how you do it. If you read that Numbers chapter 6, you can write it down, don't bother opening to it. It's a very uh, famous, a very popular portion of the Bible from verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. Say to the children of God, this is how you bless your children. I'm adding words to it now. Say to the parents who are believers in Christ, this is how you will bless your children. You shall say to them, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. He said, verse 27, very important. He says, so they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel. I then will bless them. Do you get my point here? So they will invoke my name. How do they do it? They open their mouth and utter words. That's why I greet people. It is well with you. If you've greeted me recent times, you are going, I say, I will tell you it is well with you. Like I said, don't bounce it back. Don't say, and you too. That's how people deflect blessings. Don't bounce it. Say amen. 
Say amen. It's very important we learn this. Back to our message, all right? I know why I did, did digress from that. Don't forget, it's a message for parents, especially. I think that my message today is especially for parents. All of you, whether you are a parent now, you will soon be one, or you, you are going to be a parent, learn it. You have, the, you have people who are younger than you, people you can speak into their lives, learn it. Stop telling people, bye-bye. Bye-bye has passed away. Tell, tell the fellow, it shall be well with you. Go in peace. I will see you later. That is, you won't die. I will see you. Are you getting my point? You will return in peace. Your younger brother is traveling. You escort him to the park. As the vehicle is taking off, don't tell him bye-bye. No. Have a safe journey. You know, we all say safe journey, safe journey. Now, let's modify it so that it will have force. Tell him, have a safe journey. Tell her, have a safe journey. When you utter words like that, or the Lord go with you. Are you getting my point? When you utter words like that, God is saying, you are invoking my blessing upon the people. Then I, in turn, I will protect them. Do you get what I'm saying? I will protect them. I will keep them. Your child is going to school, boarding house. Make sure you do well, take care of yourself, eat your food regularly. That's not the last thing you tell the fellow. <laughs> you invoke a blessing. Are you getting what I'm saying? You invoke a blessing. The Lord bless you. In my absence, the Lord will continue to keep you. His angels will watch over you. The Lord will make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord will lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God says, if you say that, I myself will come and watch over them. Back to where I began the message from. They were afraid and cried out in fear. That's Matthew chapter 14. In verse 27, Jesus spoke to them saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. It's not a greeting. You understand what I'm saying? They were crying out in fear. This was the cure for their fear. He was uttering a word to them. This is a Christian response. I receive courage. Do you understand my point? When the Lord said, take courage, it is I. He said, I receive courage. Amen. Courage is mine. It's a spirit. A spirit of boldness enters into you. Very important. Don't ever forget that thing. Now let's continue with our reading. Then Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the, wa- of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Then he took his attention away from the Lord, in verse 30, but seeing the wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Now let me stop here. We'll continue from what, where we were last time. You know, I said we're going to read two portions, right? Okay, let's just read it down. Exodus chapter 20. You know, when I was young those days, praise the Lord, I just remember when we were going back to school. I was running university then. My mother would take us to a good man's house, not a bad man. Not a, not a, not, I mean, a true man of God. Before we leave, she said, come, let's go and see pastor. Well, let's go and see daddy, they used to call him. Man is as passed on to be with the Lord now. Let him pray for you. Initially, when I was younger, I said, that's my first year, second year. I said, I will say no problem. Of course, I couldn't object. Man, they were asking my opinion. It was like, hey, if I enter the car, let's go somewhere. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, we'll go. Then when I was going to my third year university, I was already learning the word of faith. So 
when she would say, come, and I, I tell her, it's not necessary. <laughs> that was my opinion that time. And she would say, mm, I know you have prayed. Adura unpoju. You know what it means? Prayer is never, doesn't get too much. Prayer not get overdose. That don't worry. Now, I'm going somewhere. Is it good or bad? Let me tell you something. As a Christian, it's not good. If you have understanding. <laughs> no, it's not good. If you're a baby Christian, it will pass. Nobody has words more powerful than yours. That's where I'm going. Nobody has a mouth more powerful, unless you don't understand the authority that God has given you in Christ. That boy is your own. That girl is your own. You want to not drag him to pastors out to pray for him to go to school. Listen, if you bring your child to me to pray, I will pray. I don't vex so. I just know that in my mind, oh, you have little faith. Move back, let me do, use my faith for your child. <laughs> but if you had faith, that, that trip is not necessary. It's not a necessary trip. It is something you do yourself. God has given you that anointing. I won't carry my wife now to somebody to come and pray for me. Bless my wife for me. Ah, what am I doing with these two hands? What did God give me for? Ask my wife when we got married. I said, oh, that one, that one outside. It's good though, but the real one, kneel down here. And it's from the scriptures. I found that the Bible says that Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife Rebekah's sake. I said, hey, this boy in quotes now, this man, his words are powerful with God when he's praying for those that God put under him. That trip, I'm not saying it's a bad trip, really. It's an unnecessary trip. That's a, that's a better thing. I said, is it good or bad? If you don't understand much yet, you're afraid. Good. Let somebody else help your faith. But really, I'm saying it's an unnecessary trip. You are the father. You are the mother. God has... Oh, God. You know, we still practice this thing of delegating things to the pastor. The pastor is a teacher. It's not the prayer. Are you getting my point? Not the one who prays. It's the one who teaches. Supposed to teach you what to do. Now, that's what I'm doing. If you're listening to this, you're a parent... Make it a habit. Some people, they've used their mouth. They, you know, okay, I understand why they have to go to the pastor. The mouth is too busy saying the other one. And since good water and bad cannot come from the same spring, the pastor is used to the good one. Me, the parent, I'm used to the bad one. There's one joke <laughs> I saw the other day on um, WhatsApp, this a video, small video. American dad versus Nigerian dad. Have you seen that? The man said, eh, I know when you get to school now, you won't pay attention. You will be running up and down, running up and down. Don't pay attention. Come back here with failure. You will see what I will do to you. He said, come, 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 come. Your mother will put your love rice inside your bag. Don't eat it. <laughs> Don't eat it. Give it to all your friends. That's why you are thin like this. Come on, come on, go to class, my friend. That's why you can't bless the child. 
are too busy. That's why, that's why they have to delegate. Really, that's why we will not delegate the job. I will insult you at home. Tell you all your faults. Abuse your mother in front of you. Then when it's time to pray for you, let's go and see Pastor Okemute. Yes. And the boy will have respect for the words of Pastor Okemute. Because he has not helped Pastor Okemute insult his mother. He has not helped Pastor Okemute tell him how scattered he is. So when he goes there, he says, oh yeah, Junior, bring your head. Pastor wants to pray for you. He, the boy will be blessed because he has faith. Let's raise our children to have faith in our words. We are the ones, we are their pastors. These pastors are our teachers. You're supposed to come to me, I teach you the word of God, and you go back home and apply it to your family. Don't give me the job of praying for your children and your wife. I wonder how pastors manage to live long. Do they live long? We should go and do statistics. I don't think those guys can live very long. You pray for your own household. You pray for somebody else's household. You look after the church. You settle quarrels. Forget it. You can't live long. How are you going to manage it? I was reading the Ben Carson the other day. In his book, Take That Risk. He said that the average... Is it one of that, that, the big picture or Take That Risk? One of his books. He said that the average American neurosurgeon lives 10 years shorter than the other doctors. He was trying to explain something that they have to reform the system. So they can train more neurosurgeons. I say, what's the reason? The stress the American neurosurgeon carries is excessive. That's why Ben Carson had to retire early. At the age of early 60s, he had pulled out from medical practice. I mean, by the time he was 60, late 50s, man, stop walking before you kill me for my mother. That's what stress does. Stress kills people. I studied because of my secular, what we call secular, anyway, my work in the hospital and the university. I have to read a lot and all of that. <laughs> When I see the studies and my people are doing, trying to find out cause of disease, I say, you people are just fooling yourselves. This is not where to look. The majority of heart disease is because you eat egg, you eat cholesterol, you eat sugar. And you know Nigerians are believing, are hungry people believing that they shouldn't eat sugar. But any sugar, you say, well, grab it and save your life. They do. Listen, one man cracked a joke. He said, do you know what's killing you? You speak English. <laughs> And that one is a joke. <laughs> now, what I'm going to say here is this, all right? Many of the things my people are researching in that say, this is not what's killing people. Because, and why they make the mistake is that they don't look at the physical aspect of, they don't look at the spiritual aspect of things, they only look at the, spiritual, uh, the physical aspect. If you look beyond that, you know, the major killers of people, number one, lack of thanksgiving. And number two, carrying much more load than God has apportioned to them. You're saving up for to, today for the money that you will spend in 15 years' time. That's why you will not live up to that 15 years. The Lord says, submission unto the day is evil thereof. So don't have any worry or anxiety about 15 years' time. Listen, if we sleep and wake up when God said we should be sleeping and waking up, you know, waking up before the sun comes out is not very good. <laughs> now, I have these things I say people wondering the whole society makes us wake up too early if you are waking up at night you should be to give thanks pray 
read the Bible when everybody is asleep. But wake up, guru, 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 guru. By the time your children wake up, you've not had your time. <laughs> That's the problem of this life. Say, so, Pastor, how do you know? It's in your scriptures, is it not? It is vain to rise up early and then go to bed late. And then eat whatever bread you get, the Bible says it's bread of sorrows. You know, I, dig- I digress from that point. Today. People now want to kill the pastors. They give the pastor the job to pray for everybody. And the pastor too will agree. If you're a man of God, don't agree. Somebody has been in your church for the, for the last one year. Then the you now bring the children and say, Ah, say, Mr. Daniels, what are you looking for? I want to bless my family. I say, what is your work? Ask the man, what's your work? You brought them this. The time you spent driving here, should have been laying hands on them one by one. Say, we're not in church last Sunday. Say, I was. I said, go and buy the tape, how to bless your children. You know, we have a series like that. Go and get the tape. Tell the man, go and get the tape, how to bless your children. Don't give me work. This is how I will not die now. Nobody will be blessing my children. <laughs> it's true now. Don't kill me. You've been in this church for the last one year. You were not here when we are doing this series. You see bringing your children for me to bless. Say, listen, we are both children of God. Forget this pastor title. We are both children of God. <laughs> I'm not your children's pastor. I'm your pastor. You are your children's pastor. I don't know why that is so strong in my mind today. Go and bless your family by yourself. See, all this baby dedication we do is good for us to let Brennan know that this child I'm dedicating to God. But the real blessing, when that child is born, Father, carry him. Carry her. Carry the child and say, Welcome to Nigeria or whatever country you are in. So you know why you were born here? You know why they didn't run letter skelter saying that you must be born in America? And wherever I am, you will be born there. Do you know why I don't care about where your mother delivers you? I'll tell you. Because the seed of blessing is spiritual, and I hereby pass it to you. The fact that you are my offspring means you're already blessed. He said, Mark the righteous man. His seed will be mighty on the earth. I don't care where you are born. If they say, Okay, ah, just go born your, your child in America, just 50,000 naira, and I can easily afford it. The day if he's telling me, I'll carry all my children to the mall. Who eat the expensive ice cream there? You know that ice cream that the only one you get there, all the babes are buying, the guys are behind frowning. <laughs> one day my wife and I reached there, she was, uh, she was, uh, I said, Look at the people, I said, They are all can't say they are smiling. Have you seen any guy here smiling? <laughs> they are all ladies, they are the ones smiling. <laughs> Listen, I will carry all my children there and blow that 50,000 naira. So I'll fly. If, if, if them, that's all it costs. Not even $15,000. Say, so why are you doing that? Say, it's a seed. People know how to plant correct seed. If you want to plant seed, that is the real seed of faith. Why are you doing that? I am showing God that I, that I believe strongly that it does not matter what the natural nationality of my child is. First time my wife was going to deliver, the mother said that whether she would go and visit her sister. Where? That was in London. My wife was going to take the offer. I said, why not? I mean, no be trip. And I said, when will I come back? 
Is it two months they said or three months? So my wife looking, wait, 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 wait. He said, my husband will not see his child for the first few months. Hey, no, now, you know, you will still come back. My wife just said, mommy, I beg, forget that idea. Hey! My mother and daughter look like these people are totally strange. That now I know, I'm adding my own words, now I know they really believe something. Because most people will chop up, chop, chop up fingers for that opportunity. I've just dismissed her, say, forget, I beg. Let me bomb my picking in Nigeria here. It is good. That's my faith. The day you every one of them, I carry you and give you, I bless you. Every name that my children bear is a, is a, it was chosen as a blessing. It's a prophetic word. The last one, Victor, I love his name. They said, what is this boy's name? I said, his name is, well, he has other names. Let me give you two of them. The main one, I said, his name is Victory Over the devil, sickness, poverty, troubles, calamities, evil. I said, any work of the devil, that's his name. <laughs> so one name. So I was a short form, calling victory. Which is the first word. Do you know the Hebrew name for the book of Genesis? Genesis is Greek. That's that word we use, Genesis. For that book of Genesis, is Greek. The Hebrews don't have the name Genesis. The original Bible is not Genesis. The book is called In the Beginning. Why? The first three words were in the beginning. <laughs> so when Jesus says, in the beginning it was not so, what he was saying is, in the, in the book of Genesis, you won't find it like that. So that's why I shortened my son's name also. The full name is long. It can't enter most registers. <laughs> So we shorten it to victory. I don't know why I'm so strong about that one today. Please, everybody here, go and get that message. How to pray for your children. Born or unborn. Start blessing them now. That's not a pastor's job. The pastor's job is to do what? Teach. The Lord is good. Back to what we're saying. Oh, you know... Every assignment God gives, God gives us, He always gives us an empowerment. So the Lord has sent me and His Spirit. That's how it is. So if He says, be a father, He has given you the empowerment to do the job. Be a mother. There is an empowerment to do the job. What Paul just said to Timothy is activate it. Stir up the gift. All this teaching and talking we do is to help Christians stir up the gift. It's to help Christians stir up the gift. The gift to bless your family, your children is with you. It's an anointing. That's why I tell parents, if I, I'm talking about husband wife matter now. When you marry, you are anointed to husband. You know what I mean? I just use husband as a verb now. You are, you are automatically anointed to husband your wife. And wife, you need to provoke the anointing on your husband. Sometimes when I watch films, 
In my mind, I say, this people can't be blessed. My entire house. Why will walk up? Hey, B, how was your day? And just walk up us. Hey! You can't be blessed. This is why the family is upside down. But at the entire my house, my children were watching TV, were relaxing. Some of them came to give me a hug. Some sat down. Oh, daddy, welcome. We're watching TV. Especially the bigger guy. I entered the room, sat down. And my spirit said, what are called bad habits now? So I went back to the sitting room. As all of you come, they stood up. I said, next time I enter the house, you will rise to say welcome. They said, yes, sir. I said, good. I went back inside. So, and really, the next day when I came, As I just raised it, oh, that, I just, I remember my daughter you know, stretched to clean, I think she was eating or something. Got her from the chair to say welcome. That's how you provoke an anointing. When I said to, when, when I said to you, it should be well with you, that thing, chew, now, now let's have anointing. Don't shoot onto your body, it shall be well with you. You know what you do? What you are doing there, you are showing honor. When you show honor, you receive the anointing. That's how it is. So, the other day I was just watching the video. Oh, well, it was my time. I'll be how was your day? This is why you are depressed. This is why you are anxious. Listen, you are supposed to provoke. You activate the unction, the anointing, the gift that God gave to you. As a man in your house, you wake up at night, declare to yourself, I have wisdom to be the husband in this house. I have wisdom to lead everybody in this home. I have the anointing. And as a wife, you wake up and say, my husband has the unction to give me direction. My husband has the unction to give me direction. To lead the home. Stop cooperating with the devil. They say, eh. I know. Anytime he say foolishness, eh. I don't know. Anything he's doing, just foolishness. And listen, Satan will give you 75 reasons why you are correct. There's only one reason why you are wrong. It's called the word of God. And what you are supposed to do is active. You know, people don't realize. They want to work according to how they feel. No, it's your job to activate what the word of God says about you. It is your job to activate what the word of God says about you. One of the things I realize, I fail once in a while in doing it. But I've realized that number one weapon of the devil in the home against a husband and a wife is a weapon of accusation. That's what I think. Good Christian man, good Christian woman, the only thing the devil can use to scatter them is accusation. And my personal experience is that the accusations are always correct, factually. You do see that yesterday your wife took 16,000 naira and wasted it before the end of the day. Did you see it? It's a calculate. I told you. She is very bad with money. I know. She's bad with money. Turns to the man, the woman. This man is very wicked. The other day, they did not leave you. He drove away and left you to find your way. You're supposed to go for a function together. And he left you to find your way. He will forget the fact that you kept him waiting for two hours first. <laughs> forget that too. 
He, he left you to find your way. And he says he loves you. Do you believe that? If you believe that, you're a fool. No, I can't believe it. After all, love must be shown in action. His action is not in keeping with love. Now, what I'm going to regard is that every accusation is factually correct. It's not as if the devil now come and tell you lies. That you know who stole the meat in the pot? It's your wife. <laughs> you won't tell that kind of joke of a lie. Anytime you say get ready by 8, she will never be ready till 8.15. And she's wondering why you are making her hurry. Factual accusations. Better than mind. Now, you know what I'm emphasizing this factual, 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 factual? So how are you supposed to respond when it is fact? <laughs> are you going to, that, and this is a mistake a lot of people make. Start arguing with the devil. And that's where you lose. If you want to be reasonable and argue common sense, you've lost the battle. When a man, when, when a spirit, not a man, when a spirit is using factual things to do accusation in your family, God didn't expect you to be reasonable. You know what he said you should do? It's simple. When he finishes the accusations, you just simply start, thus says the Lord, husbands, Love your wives as Christ loves the church. No, that one doesn't have any explanation. <laughs> you can't argue against it. When he has given you a hundred reasons why your wife is bad, the brain agrees because the brain has to agree. It makes sense. It is that the heart, the soul of man that loves the Lord we not focus on what the mind, the brain agrees with. He focuses on obedience to the word of God. So he simply says, it is written, love your wife as Christ loved the church. You know, they came to Jesus, turn your stones to bread. <laughs> These are Christians respond. I don't like bread made out of stone. <laughs> I don't like it. Sometimes it has sand inside Sometimes it doesn't change completely. The last part will be stone. Why are you now putting it in your mouth now? Break your tooth. That's common sense. It doesn't work. You know what works? That's what Jesus did. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. There was no discussion as to whether it is reasonable under these circumstances to be eating bread made out of stone. The degree of efficiency of conversion of the spiritual power by which the stone will convert to bread, what if it does not finish? It might lead to appendicitis when you put, you know, all those stories are unnecessary. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Bow to me, I'll give you all the, all the kingdoms of this world. There's a new way to respond. I don't want the kingdoms. I like it like this. This is my poverty just temporary. I don't want the kingdoms. <laughs> That's a very wrong way to respond to the devil. Every response to the devil must be what? It is written. That's what you can't argue against that one. In the same manner, 75 reasons why your husband is a mugu. How can you submit to a man like that? Please don't argue. Just simply take the word of God and declare. It is written, wives, be subject to your own husbands. It is written, it is written, 
It is not reasonable. It is written. It is not good, in quote, like it will help me. No, it is written. It's not what all my friends are doing. It is written. I hope you are getting my point. So how do you handle it? It's simply declare, it is written. I love my wife as Christ loved the church. It is written. I love my wife the way Christ loves the church. It is written. I love my wife the way Christ loves the church. In obedience to that word. I love my wife the way Christ loved the church. It is written, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I obey that word and I love my wife. Just say, how many times? How, how many accusations did they give you? 75. So you are going to say your own 76 times. Every accusation, you respond with one word. It is written. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Therefore, I love my wife as Christ loved the church. This is not common sense. It's a spiritual battle. It's a weapon of the spirit. You're fighting. I went into that to explain. You know, you know I know the point in which I went into that. I just remembered my point now. To let you know that everything God gives you in life, every assignment God gives you, He gives you the ability. The word, the prophetic word concerning the Lord Jesus said, The Lord has sent me and His Spirit. That's how it goes. That's how when He came, He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to preach. Because he can't send me to go and preach and not anoint me with his spirit. It's not possible. Unless I wasn't sent. So what's our duty? Activate whatever it is that God has placed inside you which you detected by what he sent you to do. Am I a parent? Yes. That means I have the power to parent. Some people say, I don't know how to beat children. Better learn it. How do you learn it? Use the word of God. He, it is written. He that loves his child chastises the son. It's like that. It's written in the Bible like that. You don't need any, uh, you will, uh, the word will give you ability. It's written. He said, the one that loves his son chastises him. So you repeat that scripture to yourself. Your, your boy misbehaves eight times. You repeat that scripture nine times. By the tenth time, you will have gotten the skill. How to apply godly discipline. And let nobody lie to you that the rod you use in your mouth is a lie. It's a physical rod. I'm trying to explain the fact that, listen, once the Lord sends us on an assignment, He gives us the ability. The Lord has sent me and his spirit. My emphasis in this portion of the message is we must activate that ability. You have a duty to activate it. Let me say to wives again, because that's what they are the ones that have the strongest problem there because of the way society is. You wake up in the morning and start, the, you know, you pray for your husband. Say, Lord, I am activating the gift of God over his life. He has the unction to give me direction. He has the ability. The wisdom of God is with him. That's, that's activate, you're activating something in your house. The wisdom of God is with him. He can lead me. He can make decisions for us. He hears from God in the name of Jesus. Listen, don't let things that God promised. You miss him for this life. 
There's only one reason why I want to live to be 100 years old. Only one reason. Not because the life is so sweet. Sometimes when I see some fine, fine countries, like one brother told me, he went to the queen, one of the queen's um, gardens in um, England. Send me a message. He said, sir, I must go to heaven. He said, if earth can be this fine, curiosity alone, I want to go and see what God did in heaven. So I know heaven is fine. It's good. But one reason why I like the age of 100 is simple. There's a promise in the scriptures that says if you walk in the kingdom of God, at the age of 100, you die. If you, then you have died at the appropriate age. Anything below that, they will say a young man died. That's what the Bible says. That is all. That don't have any other. That's my only reason. There was one man I was discussing in my office today, and it, well, when I found out he was late, it pained me. Not as if he's a believer, but there's something I liked about him. I read his story when he was 99, and he was still giving lectures in universities. At the age of 99. I think I read that one was, I think it was 98th or 99th birthday. Okay, I think I read when he was 98, and they wrote about the lecture he was supposed to give on his 99th birthday. So I marked it down in my calendar that I would check when the man turns to be 100. But he died six months before his 100th birthday. It pained me, but, but remember, at the age of 99, the man was giving lectures. And not lectures, of, not stories of, uh, you know, 80 years ago, we thank God. No. This man is a physicist. He will, he will be discussing subatomic particles at the age of 99. I said, this is good. I'm talking about the fact that if God promises something in the world, don't let it slip by you. There's something Kenegi used to say, and that thing such a blessing to me. He said that there are times he goes to meet somebody as a young pastor those days. He said, the man, the, maybe the, there's a particular woman in mind, he had in mind, the woman was 70-something. And the woman was, she had cancer. And she had lived all her life as a Christian, been a minister of the gospel for a long time, and now she was seriously ill and she was going to die. So they came and said, he came to her, let's pray for it. The woman said, no, 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 no. There's no need, there's no need. I've lived my life, I've served the Lord, all of that, that. There's nothing, let me just die in peace. Canadian said to her, said, listen, ma, no problem with dying, no. But let's get you healed first. Get healed on Monday, die on Tuesday. I have no problem with that. But let's just get you healed. Let's experience the power of God for divine health. So the woman said, no, let me die. The, man, the boy said, no, we are not going to allow that. You are going to get healed first. Then you can die the next day. We don't mind. They didn't let the old woman rest. Though. Every day they will come with the Bible and be teaching her the word of God and praying for her. Showing her scriptures until they convinced her to want to live. When she accepted began to show her the word of healing and all of that. Prayed, the cancer ran away. Her strength returned. The woman became perfectly well. The last time he saw her, she was in her late 80s still preaching. That was about 12 years after. Now why I like that story is that he said to her, I'm not saying she don't die. I know you have lived a good life. You've raised your children. You have preached the gospel. You're looking forward to heaven. He said, but it's a promise in the scriptures. Let's enjoy it now. Are you getting my point? 
If you say God called you to a life of poverty, I have no problem with it. But let him bless you first, then give out the money. They will know that you really believe. And you are not making excuses for your inefficiency, inability to tap from above, and not start hiding behind it. No. Let's enjoy what is promised. For me, my life is, God, please, anything that you plan, let it manifest. Let's not get back to heaven and say, ah, back to Alpha. Say, Nigeria was hard. <laughs> say, Lord, I don't want to hear that one. Ah, at all. Let's manifest the promises of God in this life. Let it show. Listen, anything God sent you to do, that's my emphasis. You have the ability. If the thing in your mind 